This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Come on, sissy that pod, let's get sickening! Are you a fan of the Emmy award-winning show RuPaul's Drag Race? Do you think about Roxy Andrews at the bus stop? And do you belong in Party City? Well, Sissy That Pod is the podcast for you. Join me, James, and my co-host, Keen. Is there something on my face? As we chat weekly about the runway realness, sickening shade, and backstage buffoonery. That's right, whether it's new episodes of Drag Race US, UK, or All-Stars, Sissy That Pod will spill the tea with a new episode for you within 24 hours. So make good choices and subscribe to Sissy That Pod from the Headstuff Podcast Network and we'll leave you gagging on our eleganza. Now, let the music play. Hello everybody and you're very welcome back to another episode of FNI Rap Chat on the Headstuff Podcast Network. You can listen to us on Headstuff Plus. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Googly Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your, pod- your podcast content. Massive thank you to everybody who came along to our online event uh, with the Screen Composers Guild of Ireland. Uh, looking back at Love Hate, the wonderful cast members who joined us for a chat. Uh, where's me da? And um, uh, some of the other, uh, the Virgin Media Dublin International Film Festival. And of course, Irish Actors Equity, Irish Equity. Uh, excuse me, who um, uh, just, you know, uh, we were so grateful just to have transparency and, and, and conversations around working in the arts and, and the importance of these organisations and representation and what they do and putting voices to kind of, you know, the heads of these of these organisations. So it's wonderful. Uh, so thanks for that. Uh, thanks also to our sponsors, Wildcard Distribution, uh, Octavid.com and, um, yeah, Film Equipment Store. Uh, who are champions of independent film and TV in Ireland today. Jay Jordan, how are you doing? Thanks for coming in. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to have you uh, on on your, your whirlwind uh, coast-to-coast book tour. <laughs> uh, how's that going? <laughs> Stop that, carry on. Yeah, it's good. It's settling in this week. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of sitting down and digesting after... Big Maeve Binchy head on you there. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> a mental couple of weeks. Yeah. Absolutely mental. Just being pulled in a million directions. Um, so I had the weekend to kind of chill. Yeah. Started off the week just chilled. Still bits to do. Still a lot of press and stuff. But yeah, it's kind of it, it settling in this week that I, I actually did a book. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like in a wonderful way. I can imagine like... like you know, all of the work obviously that went into it and the planning over months and months and months. But then when you look at it in your hand and go, we did that. We did that. How amazing is that? What a, a lovely achievement. I know. And the thing is, it's in the world forever now. Somebody said to me the other day, it's a piece of history. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? It's something to be proud of, you know, and, you know, not that it's more important than any other artistic endeavour, but it's a wonderful expression of... Um, I haven't read it, but I've been reading a lot of the material around it and following kind of the the trail of it over the last kind of couple of weeks. And I've been reading some articles and kind of, you know, uh, kind of moved by some of the experiences and even just little passages that, you know, you've been popping around in the media. And and it's, I I am going to buy it and read it, I promise. But I'm not going to be one of these people to say, oh, I read it beforehand. I didn't have a chance. Yeah, Um, no worries. But it's, um, tell me about why that, how that came about. The book? Yeah. So, a struggling actor. 
in London. (laughs) (laughs) And I sat down and built in Soho with my friend David. And I had a bit of a cry and I was like, here, Dave, what am I doing with my life? I'm not working. Yeah. I just don't know what to do right now. I'm not getting auditions. I don't want to do anything else. Mm -hmm. He says to me, why don't you start writing your own stuff? And I thought, ah, Jesus, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't know how to do that. So, (laughs) (laughs) so with that, he was like, tell your family story. Mm -hmm. You've always wanted to tell that story. I was like, spot on, deadly. I'll start that when I go home with my nanny at Christmas. So I got home that December, asked my nanny would she be willing to have a chat with me, popped up my tripod and just started asking her questions. And then that went on to Easter when I came home and then Mm. birthdays and kind of went spread over about a year. Must have been some ups and downs with that kind of like, Absolutely. What, am I, what am I doing, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And you know, you're hitting nerves with me nanny and, and you know, I was just, I was kind of just picking at it. I didn't really know what I was going to do with it, but I thought even if I don't do anything with this material, me nanny's very special to me. I have her on footage. It's, it's a time capsule, minimum kind of thing. Absolutely, yeah. you know. Um, so did that and then a couple of years I was like picking and asking questions over the years and then lockdown. Ah. Jesus, didn't know what to do with my time. <laughs> right. And seen um, actually an application for Actor as Creator. A friend yeah. had told me about it. So I started pulling the material apart and looking at that. Um, trying to come up with a bit of a short. Didn't really know what I was doing. My first ever application. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had bits of writing everywhere all over the kitchen table. And then um, George Floyd happened. And... I was just smashed around the heads with yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. emotion. I was angry. I was fucking pissed off. Mm-hmm. I was hurting. Um, I guess that was because where I was and what I was writing. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So did you feel particularly? You were still in London at this point. Right? No, I was back. You, you back sorry, okay. I've jumped. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Fucking, I'm back. Sorry, uh, three years. Okay, all right. So no, that was that was um, just last year, last last March. I started writing when we went into lockdown. But then I was just like, I need to bleed and do something here. Yeah. I need to express all these protests that happen around the world. I feel like I need to let people know what did go on here and what is going on here. Yeah. Do you know? To be on the right side of history with stuff and kind of go, this is the way it is here. Let's not pretend that we're not that way, that casual racism that we all pretend doesn't happen here. Yeah, and let's not much does fucking ignore it anymore. Yeah, do you know? Yeah, talk about it. Um, so with that, I... I, I rang me man. I was like, look, ma, would you let me video you? And I put some stuff up on social media and she says, you're not putting me on camera. <laughs> so uh, I... She, like everybody's uh, man, that situation. Uh, I'm too fucking... I'm with you. So she did an audio with me and I just asked her a few questions. I think there was four or five episodes that I did with her. Yeah. And uh, just popped them up on social media. And the response, I didn't do it for response. I just put it out there mm-hmm. and said, this is this is the crack. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'd done a video myself where I, I, I spoke about how I felt and I was really honest in it. Yeah. And I'm, I've am i never been like that. I've never wanted to speak about race. I've never wanted to do these things. You didn't want to make it a thing. But, I didn't. But that kind of, that boiling point was like, no, no, enough's enough. Now. Yeah. So popped those up with me, ma, and the response was just mental. Yeah. Um, really, really mental. People were like, I had no bleeding idea. I'm so sorry. Um, and I kind of went from there. I popped them up. Um, I was talking a lot with Black and Irish um, and then Hache the publishers got in touch right. sent me a, a message on Instagram and 
slipped into your DMs. Slipped into your DMs, <laughs> and that's a thing. That's a thing. Whoa, oh, that's a thing. But that was a good. Uh, that a was good, a good, good slipping into version. the DM. Yeah. So I kind of didn't uh, registered it. Kind of yeah. clocked it. Put it in the back of my head. I was probably at something or doing something. It was Friday, and I thought, Fuck, I'm having this weekend off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that Monday. Yeah. <laughs> not in a smart way, but well, I just kind of. Did you probably not even think it was real? It's like, what is that? I you didn't know? really, you no. know. I didn't really think of it. And then my sister came over, and I said, Look, I'm getting this message. Was it a bit, a bit of kind of imposter syndrome? It kind of me? was, and I, I suffered that real bad anyway. Like, I really bad. Believe it or not, nobody has, that we've interviewed doesn't have that. So we all have it, and even like people that you think we're all we all suffer with. I think. Yeah. Do you know? I, let me tell you, um, even people who don't openly admit that kind of thing, like on air when we're recording, it, a, a little bit of that always comes out afterwards or in the yeah. in the conversation prior. You know? Yeah, absolutely. We like, all have I'm, it. I'm a chancer. You know? Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm I'm winging it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so Paris came over, my sister, yeah. and um, I said, look, this is this is after coming into me messages, and. She was like, oh, my God, they're huge. And I was like, oh, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, OK. Jade needs to do our homework here. Yeah. So with that, I did. Um, and set up a meeting with Kira from um, Hasha. And she was like, look, I believe you're writing. What are you writing? I said, I've just applied for my first um, short film mm-hmm. um, with Screen Ireland and Bow Street. I don't really write, but I'm trying to write. Um, huh. This is my idea. And she kind of, we had a chat and I went away and wrote. Sent her stuff over within three weeks and she liked it. Yeah. Um, like a few chapters kind of thing. Yeah, yeah well, not even, just, I think it was probably about 10, 12 pages. So like of, an, out, an outline. Yeah, of, of yeah. where I seen the story. Um, and she she loved it. Um, so that was a bit mad. So, yeah, <laughs> that was mental because, I mean, it's so lovely now that I've thought about it. It's really great that those publishers are, are sitting at home and doing their homework as well. Yeah. And giving people the opportunity to have a voice, yeah. actually. And reaching out to, like, I, I think the kind of integrity of, like, when something kind of pulls you out of out of a state of mind that you're in to do something else, the integrity behind that and the, the empathy, you know, and the response to that, it, like, it, it, it's quite organic and quite lovely. So it comes from a place of truth. So that's why people invest in it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was one of those things where someone was moved to contact you to try and get you to do that because they saw more in it. And that's, there's no lying in that. So therefore, that's why people respond to it so positively. And, you know, yeah. it's just based, it, it comes from a place of truth and honesty. Um, blown away, though. Blown, yeah. blown away. I... I don't know, a book was never, Jesus, I've done it and I'm like, it's amazing. <laughs> but it was never what I, it was never in my dreams. Yeah, it yeah. was always a feature or a, a series or, so it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it, a, it's you, clearly it's one of, you know, a, a box ticking exercise, you know. Jesus, everybody yeah. has a book, a book in them, so you have clearly. <laughs> um, so... Tell me about the experience of writing. What was it a case of amalgamating all the material that you had, the, the video, the audio kind of thing? And, it was. And then sitting down and, you know, figuring out a strategy, how to how to formulate that into a narrative or just tell it as it is. Kind yeah, of well, it was like, so with that, she was like, look, tell your, tell your story. And I kind of said to her, look, as much as it's my story, it's not really all mine. Mm-hmm. So if I come... You take me mommy nanny. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Yeah, it's yeah. only fair. It's their story. And look, the three of us will do it together. Mm-hmm. So I went and asked me mommy nanny and me ma wasn't having a bar me. She was like, no way. 
it's so exposing. She doesn't like to speak about things. Nanny was kind of like, yeah, well, you know, 88 at the time. She was like, yeah, lovely, lovely idea. And oh, she's, she's that She old was, again. yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, she was. She's that old, yeah. 80, 90 in February. Wow. Yeah, she's phenomenal. And after much talking, the two of them jump, wanted to jump on board. I just thought that was very fair, a fair ask that yeah. if I come, they come with me. Do you know, I, yeah. I think that was really important. I think important. it's wonderful, like that kind of multi-generational um, uh, analysis of experience, you know, because you would have done it between the three of you your whole lives anyway yeah. to, to support each other, you know, and, 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 and make sense of it and be a crutch and, and a support system for each other. So to, you know, cross-reference that and kind of show the progress, but also I think most importantly, especially in this country, the lack of progress in some sense is vitally important. Yeah. And the conversation needs to continue about mm. how we, what, why people do these things, mm. why people feel that way and try to eradicate, now, you know, without being idealistic, but eradicate these type of things or lessen it in, the, you know, in this country and get, and get out from behind the, the shadow of excuse making in situations like that. You know? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. But how it started, sorry, I'll keep jumping here. So no, I'll go back like, to what you asked ahead, me because I will just run off with myself. But it was a case that I had footage. Yeah. And then it was a lot of just sitting down and more interviews, Zooms, yeah. um, and then just kind of compiling it, I guess, because it's done that it's in. Um, mm. So the opening is me nanny, me nanny's voice. Then it's me ma's and then it's me. But there were so many times throughout I was like, who the fuck wants to hear about me? You're my life right now. Uh, but it, it, it was it's really interesting because a lot of people have come back and gone, I really appreciated your bit in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, you gave snippets of your past, but you gave where you're at now. Yeah. Um, I didn't think if people would, do you know that way? It kind yeah, of got, yeah. it got to a point where we were sitting through it and the pain, the tears and the fuck this, we can't deal with all of the emotions that yeah. you have, <laughs> like literal roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of got to a point where I sat with myself and I was like, I don't even think people will want to know about me. It's more, it's more their story than it is mine. Yeah. So it's so weird because you jump, I jumped through so many hurdles and hoops and emotions and Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing about universal stories, you know. Yeah. Is that everybody has been made in some way in their life at some point to feel not good enough or. Yeah. Um, was marginalised or discriminated against in mm-hmm. some way whether you be you know whether you're you know from a working class background or if someone even from higher class b- backgrounds you know experience marginalisation by, by by way of the virtue of their birth or where they're from or whatever mm-hmm. you know you know the, the working class thing is would be I suppose the closest experience to that you know for a lot of people here a lot of working class people in Ireland would have felt maybe particularly actors I know feel feel a little bit discriminated against and I know that's a thing in the UK obviously yeah. um, so let's talk about acting okay because you're an actor as well yeah do you like, Ma- do you, I'm mad yeah a mad <laughs> actor um, why did you become an actor oh I love to perform so much I really really do I started as a kid yeah Um just up here in Barrow Street in the MPAS I actually started in Diggs Lane in 1993 (laughs) I was one of their first intakes and then we moved to uh, Barrow Street there the factory and um, where are you from if you know what I mean uh, Blanchetown Blanchetown yeah so yeah I just did it um, all throughout me my childhood I guess 
And then when I started secondary school, you kind of go, oh, that's not for me. And you take kind of take a break out and your mask going, you're silly, you're silly. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe took about a year or two out and then went back. Um, with a bang, I'd say. With a bang, yeah. And then, yeah, I just knew it was always what I wanted to do. I'm one of those people where I'm very, very lucky. I can do a lot of things. Yeah. I can work in, like most people, work in retail and... I'm good with... Turn your hand to something and I stay can. busy. Yeah, I yeah, can, yeah. I can. Well, you have to as an actor, yeah, right? Well, you have to be able to do it all, really, don't you? Yeah. Um, and then I went to Clash of like did theatre studies after secondary school. Right. Kind of just gave me the tools and the the understanding, yeah. you know, the understanding of performing. But I kind of was a little bit deluded. I kind of thought, well, I'm going to be an actor after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then the penny drops. Yeah, no, you're not. So anyway... Left for so, London wow. in 2009, went back to, dra- worked for a couple of years and then went back to drama school in 2011 to, t- to 2013. Okay. Trained in musical theatre, came out, realised, mm, this is not for me. Right. I don't like this bag. <laughs> <laughs> like the singing part of it? Or that part, that world? It was a totally different world. It was yeah. totally a different world. One of my auditions, first auditions out was for a big West End gig. And I was so overwhelmed. Girls with their legs up around their head and doing these warm ups. And here's me rocking out my bag, going, All right, everybody, here he is. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it's God. You know, just starting conversation and nobody's even looking at you. And I thought, Oh, here, I'm not able for this. So there and then I made the decision. Mm-hmm. It's mad, isn't it? Made the decision, rang me, man. I was like, Here, I'm out. My man's like, What? Sorry? Right. What? It just helped you to your drama school, are you joking me? Yeah, I got a credit union loan for you. Or yeah. whatever. <laughs> well, it was, it was. It, no, seriously, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I actually have that in the book. It was. So what, that credit union? Yeah, yeah, my <laughs> mum did that for me for but, drama yeah. school as well. And then, look, I, I didn't need it in the end because I ended up getting a scholarship. But yeah. My mum did that for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, our mums do, you know. Yeah, we're very, well, very she'd f- do more than that for me. Very, very yeah. lucky, you know. Um, So, yeah, I kind of was like, no, this is not for me. And you know you throw them things about but I genuinely was like oh god what am I going to do I've just spent two years doing this shit yeah, yeah. wow so with that I was like I love acting wow. I didn't leave it a showreel because it was musical theatre so kind of joined jeez I can't even remember what it was called Cast and Star Now or Call something like Star Now maybe Star Now or Cast and Net or one of them yeah, yeah. Um, and signed up for that and just went for short films um, and then I did a few plays, profit share, did a few musicals actually yep. um, that were profit share and then I was just grafting away. I was, I've was i always just been one of those people that even when you're not working it doesn't matter how much work you've got going on. Yeah. I think it's so, so important. I admire actors like that who, who just realise that, you know, it's a gig culture, you know. I'm not saying every work, like every, look, yeah, you need to be, you have, there needs to be a modicum of selectivity about it. But you need to also know that you have to get work and a job is a job is a job, especially in London. Yeah. And, you know, work is work. Yeah. You know. Work um, is work and you have to be ready. I always think you have to be ready. For a long time, I was like, mm-hmm. I've always done it, but there was times where you take a couple of months out or whatever, even if you're pick, going to a class and just picking up a script once a week. Yeah. So you're ready for that phone call or you're ready for that tape or I'm just not that person that can switch it on like that. Do you, <laughs> you know need, what I mean? I, I, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I need to prep and I want the gig. Yeah, yeah. So like, even next week, I'm starting an acting course for 10 weeks with Helena Walsh. Yeah, yeah. Always be on top She's of your lovely. game. She's done some events with us. She's really lovely. I'm really looking forward mm. to it. Actually, I got to work with her in Bow Street 
Um, and I really loved it when I was there in 2016, I think. Right. Um, so like that, I just think it's really bleeding important to, yeah, be, you're never, never. Every day is skill day. Absolutely. And you're never 100% there. Do you know what I mean? There's always more learning in you. I, I believe that anyway. No, I agree. Um, are you comfortable calling yourself an actor? You know, you're now I am. Yes, I <laughs> yeah, am. Like, Finally, I am. I, am. I had this conversation on uh, actually Ireland AM there last week. Right. I was like, I've never been able to call myself that. Yeah. Never. I was always like, I'm an actor. And you know, you kind of put your head down and you're like, yeah, whatever. But in the last kind of year and a half to two years, I stand there proud and go, yeah, I am actually an actor. Yeah. Yes, I might not be working at the or moment worse, or whatever. Yeah. Do you know, whatever, wherever you are, it's like, might not be doing that now or whatever. But it's always that question when somebody asks us what you are and you're like, an actor, oh, what can I see it in? Yeah, it's a wonderful um, <laughs> course, as my drama school teacher used to say. Do you feel as, they say that you need to be in it for a while to feel comfortable enough to be in that mindset where you're like, that's what I do, you know? Yeah. Um, do you have any horror stories of auditions like from the UK did you have um, how did you how can I how do you how do you well everybody has a horror story but have you bounced back how do you bounce back right so my horror story was drama school <laughs> no it was a two year dr- oh, horror story oh my god yeah hated it I was picked on I was told I was shit really ah yeah so that I left I was round anyway I was fucking right. a shell of a human when I left um, which I'm learning a lot, a lot of people go through. Yeah, yeah. And we just don't speak about it. Wasn't that the point? We don't speak about it. Yeah, which is wrong, yeah. actually. Um, so I was ruined when I left. And then I, I said I did like little, little things after. A lot of profiteer, a lot of short films. And I just thought, I can't, I can't do it. What, what am I doing? So what brought you back? Uh, do you know what it was? It was, I was after, I was after doing doctors. I was after doing it was pretty much I had a really good episode in it yeah Um. the BBC BBC Doctors drama, yeah. yeah and the episode was basically me and a few other characters it was it was nice it was a really nice episode and that kind of gave me a bit of hope right. Um. that was I was going for big auditions I was still getting called in for auditions in London but I just wasn't even getting to the recall stage kind of went in for that and found out I got it I was like Boom, right, cool. Here we yeah. go, here we go. She's going to get her teeth into something. I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> Even better, do you know? Yeah, isn't it? You still, do you still get shocked when you get paid for doing it's stuff like that? Absolutely. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I get paid to do it. This is cool, isn't it? Um, I'm going to ask you about something that I from an ex- excerpt in, in the book um, that I found interesting, and I've had conversations with friends friends of mine who are mixed race in, in Ireland as well, um, or black. They're like, there's that story from drama school where you're ticking a box about what type of person you were, you know, or what what uh, ethnicity you were mm-hmm. for roles. Yeah. And it's and you ticked like white Irish. Yeah, yeah, I did. Or what you know, Caucasian or, or whatever. That, I did. Uh, do you feel, um, do you feel as if you're caught between two worlds in in terms of casting and acting and stuff like that as well? Do you, where do you feel you are with all that, and how did that make you feel, or how did that experience push it on to where you kind of are now in the comfort that you're in now? Yeah, so it was coming to the end of drama school. You're filling out your CV, aren't you? You know, yeah. for your showcase and stuff. And we were filling out our height and eye colour and all that. Right. And I put down on my CV white Irish. Because there was no box. Yeah, yeah. For what you, what uh, you feel Well, you that's are. just always what I did. Uh, that's always just what I did growing up was white Irish and yeah. just 
I knew I was mixed race, but just did it and got on with it, you know? Yeah. Um, and my dance teacher came over to me and she said, geez, Jude, what are you doing? And I says, well, put down white Irish. And she said, why would you do that? And I said, well, because I've never had a mixed race Irish box. box. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I've never had that. Yeah. And she was like, well, just put down mixed race. I said, but I'm not just mixed race. No, you're not. No, no. So what, like... I'm mixed race Irish. So anyway, I put down on that mixed race Irish and then you can put, uh, can play Hispanic and you know what, yeah. everything after that. And she was like, Jade, don't be putting yourself into boxes, she said. <laughs> because you... I you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because, like, if they're looking for people on Spotlight, you're not going to come up like do you know, just like, like the, it'll just automate a little subsection or whatever the way it works, it filter yeah, yeah. it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She was like, when you say you're you can play Mediterranean and this and that, she said, it's gonna open so much more doors for you. Yeah. And with that, a week out, I was, I was like, Jesus, that was the best thing I ever did. But you know, that's what I was. Yeah, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so so funny. Like, I just didn't really think of it even though I knew I was that probably sounds bananas yeah and like you know there's also that I would imagine you don't want to be defined by anything you know you're an actor you're you're available for work and that's all it is yeah but these th- these things do um, you know become you know they are they are pieces of pockets of information that'll put you in one pile or another so you have yeah. to be careful about what you put down and what that is yeah um, what so what happened next you, you, after Doctors oh. you, get, you get a couple of gigs a bit of momentum and you're like okay yeah um, this is grand love this I, I, I can actually do this I think I've had a ball on set right. I haven't crumbled this is yeah. alright and then I got a phone call to say I was asked getting a, a part in Shane Meadows The Virtues I was like oh my god massive massive fan Jesus wow it was only a day player mm-hmm. um, small role I mean you definitely would miss me if you took yeah. if you blinked or took us up oh, your but war. That's, but, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but but being on that set and the excitement of going into this work, is this yeah, was yeah. the the moment where I thought, well, yeah, look at the caliber of people I'm sitting around, day player, whatever it is, oh, yeah. give a shot. Like, do you know what I mean? I was like, sat there for the day and uh, but didn't really have much to do. But I sat there and I just took it all in and took notes and watched mm-hmm. them, and made it my business to stay alert and. You know, you're sitting around set, and genuinely, mm. you, I couldn't have been bored on that set anyway. But just sitting around watching them, I was really interested. And I thought, so leaving there, I just spring in my step. I was like, right, kill. Cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you can actually do anything you want to do. The yeah. world is your oyster. Yeah, there's a, you know? you, we, we, we are, you know, we all kind of self sabotage sometimes, you know. Absolutely. Um, would you have any advice for people who might do that, which is everybody? Oh, <laughs> Jesus, here's me trying to give advice. I mean, I'd have cha- I have to have chats at myself all the time. Yeah. Just know that Anton's in your power. I, I think, uh, mm. believe in yourself. Um, don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. You mm. do you, I think. <laughs> for years, I used to go into audition rooms and be like, hiya, hi, how are you? Mm. You know, and now I go in and I'm just like, ah, how are you? You well? Be, be yourself. Yeah. That makes you so much more interesting than the person that's been in before you. Yeah. Do you know, there's so many it's times cliche, you... but it's very true, you know, because if you're trying to be somebody else, like everybody else is taken, right? So... Absolutely. Uh, it only really, after Bow Street, that kind of set in with me. So I flew home. So I was at the... Sorry. I flew home. So I was at the finish in 2013. Right. Still living in London. 
up until 2018. But like, I kind of felt I'm getting a bit of work now. Mm-hmm. Nobody kind of knows me at home. Yeah. I'm gone so long. So, Mad Jade turned around to herself and says, do both street, well, not do it, apply for the six months part-time I got in. Right. So I flew home every week. You, I flew you home. On, okay. Yeah, I flew home every Sunday. Um, went Monday, Tuesday and flew back then the Wednesday. Then went straight back into work Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Mad, mad lunatic. But when I get things <laughs> in my head, I just do what I thought would be really wise. Um, and it was wise. Yeah. It was kind of the best decision I made. Six months kind of like top up of, on of what I've learned um, and networked and then kind of started to know casting directors here. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I suppose came home in 2018 Got the Abbey gig. Some doors opening. Yeah, Yeah. got the Abbey and then I got, yeah, work just started to kind of come in. Yeah. Yeah. Do you notice a difference? Is there a a difference between, just because you mentioned the theatre there, just in terms of, for you, are are there differences between theatre and film and TV? Do you like one more than the other? Be careful now because it's like talking about two best friends here. I know. I really don't. (laughs) I love theatre because it's live. Yeah. And the nerves and the adrenaline and the... I'd call them NWs, so they're nervous wheeze. The nervous (laughs) wheeze never go away. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, theatre is amazing. Mm. I mean, you fuck up, you fuck up. Do you know what I mean? You can't go, hold on, sorry, let me take that again. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's raw. Adrenaline gets you through. Oh my God, absolutely. And... Yeah, it's it's great, and if you're in a great cast, that's also an amazing thing that you're getting to work with great people every day. Is that a thing though? Where where if the standard is higher of people around you, it, it lifts you up, or makes you work harder, or do you know what I mean? But I, I mean, I everybody totally feels as if everybody feels as if they're the weakest one in the cast. Everyone, even the leads and everything. But then there's a kind of an alchemy that comes together and brings everybody to feel as if they're all contributing and they're, they're rising together. Do you feel that, that, is that a thing that you've noticed when you're working? Do yeah, you feel that I, way also? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I feel really, really lucky. I haven't worked with, like, anyone that's been really, really lazy or, okay. or that has been a bit of a dick. Or, 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 or drama. Or, or drama. Or, and you know what, that I'm sure that'll change, but yeah. I feel really, really lucky. I think I don't think that's allowed anymore. Well, I hope not. It's called out more, you know, yeah, and it's good. frowned upon. And, you know, you hear horror stories, even in this country of Jesus, you know, runners even getting a terrible time of it. Like a lot of that is. But see, I don't understand that. It's frowned upon now. It's not, you know, the people making tea are not told to fuck off. Or Imagine you, telling somebody to fuck off. Like, yeah. I mean, who are you? Yeah. But it like it's like in, in the best possible way, you know, all of the massive seismic you know, societal changes mm. are drip feeding down like some of the wonderful opportunities that are now being and, and justifiably so made available for more women, for example, or more, you know, yeah, yeah. different uh, different facets of society and stuff that may have not got a look in for whatever reason before. Um, so you haven't experienced any dickheads? No, I haven't. I haven't. But that baffles me. Like even when you're on set and you come off set and, you you know, costume the costume will come over to you or whatever mm-hmm. and they're like oh no just throw your clothes there I'm like uh, no I'm going to fold them, gonna fold them up and I, I wouldn't expect anyone to pick up me yeah, yeah. me clothes in a ball and you know even when you're on set and you're going to get your lunch like right actors first I'm like no mm-hmm. actually the most important people have the longest day so the taxi men yeah. hair and makeup mm-hmm. crew we've nothing without them 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's, for me, that's very, very important. I've heard some nightmare stories about people. Oh, I ha- oh I've yeah. heard them. You know. I've heard them, but... I've never experienced them firsthand, necessarily. Same. I've, uh, people I've worked with have been lovely, like, lovely over the mm-hmm. years. Um, it's important to be a nice person, though. Well, in, in life. In know. life. You're not going to gel with everybody, but there should be a certain level of... Respect. Yeah, and, and treat people with integrity and dignity, you know. It doesn't matter if you like them or not. It, and it's not even about like. You don't know enough about them. But if your instincts say one thing to you, your default should be respect, you know. Yeah, well, you're a part of a team. Who wants to work with an asshole for six months or three months or whatever? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just go in and do your job, be nice, go home. Yeah. It's not <laughs> rocket science, is it, It really, really isn't, in my opinion, but your look. Um, what was the first and I'm going to talk a little bit about cinema uh, with you now um, what was the first film you've seen in the cinema oh Jesus and what impact did it have on you I'll, I'll rephrase that um, is there a film when you were a kid that made you go I want to be an actor because of that <laughs> you're going to go what no it's different for everybody Annie really yeah I know it's musical here but <laughs> I just thought it was the best thing since sliced bread yeah. I used to watch it on repeat every single day. Really? Yeah. Like, at, like what, five or six kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably about six, seven. Yeah. And then my first show, I think, what was my first show? I think my, one of my first shows was Miss Saigon. Right. Blew me away. The helicopter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what age I was. I was just like, this is amazing. And then just going to the theatre, going to see Juno and the Peacock. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, just going to theatre, film, anything really hit home me that I thought, wow, uh, silly as it sounds, Annie, it was like, I want to do what that little girl is doing. You'd be amazing how much, like, like, you know, kind of, like, people, like, artists or, like, high art people that have been on the podcast or people, and you go, well, what was it for you? And they go, uh, Terminator 2. Isn't it cast like? Or Jurassic Park or, <laughs> you know, like some really obscure or some shit stuff as well. And you're like, it's different for everybody and there's no right or wrong answer to it. Yeah. Um, what, what advice, um, and, you know, no one feels comfortable answering this question necessarily because they go, who am I? And everybody, rightfully so, should feel like that. But what advice would you give to yourself at like 17 or 18 about the journey you've went on? to make it maybe a little bit easier for yourself, what would you say to yourself? If you had to sit her down and go, come here to me, come here to me. Do you. Right. Don't be afraid. Mm. Trust the process. (laughs) It was great. Absolutely. Um, I still doubt myself and I'm still working on myself to trust. Just trust, trust what you're doing and trust, trust the work. mm. I think, I go back to you have to put the work in. Mm. You have to want it. There's no shortcuts. No. no, you have to want it. And even when you're not acting, you know, this is something that I'm only kind of doing in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. is, you know, you have to prep yourself for those blows as well. Mm. Whether that's the case that you work on yourself with yoga, yeah. whether you go to the gym, you smash the gym, you do a bit of boxing, right. um, meditation. You what's have it, to mind you? yourself. How do you, yeah, it was going to, that was the next question mm. I was about to ask in terms of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I box. You I started box? boxing in really? May <laughs> and I am addicted. I hit the heavy bag. I am addicted. Yeah? So I do it three times a week now. 
Um, so it's exercise and kind of. Well, I train in the mornings as well. as well. Yeah, so I go to the gym four days a week. I I've been doing that for the last maybe two years. Took up boxing in May. I just it the, the headspace it gives me is just and I love I physically really really love it. Okay. Um. So I do that and I'm a little hippie at heart. Right. I meditate a lot. Okay. Uh, yeah, meditate a lot. Uh, love to pull the old angel cards to see if I'm on the right road. <laughs> yeah, my um, girlfriend loves angel cards yeah. as well. Um, Yoga. My my best pal Fee, she teaches um, gong meditation. Okay. You know gong? gong? Yeah, gong, those things. And yeah, I, I just try and tap into myself as much as I can. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I can go weeks without doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a bit of breath work. I've been working a lot on breath work, Wim Hof. Okay, yeah. All the cold showers and all that. I'm just trying to <laughs> mind me because I think your mental health is very important for this industry. Yeah. Um, and it's a tough gig. Every career is tough. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is sometimes nearly waiting for the phone to ring and go, here, there's your next job. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah, yeah, so, totally. Uh, um, yeah. What's, like, a, it's not a job interview, obviously, but what would you like to see happen over the next couple of years for yourself? Or, or any, you know. Holy shit, it's a big question. Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh shit! But what's what's the ideal situation? Because you know what, there might be somebody listening who can make these things happen for people. Oh, it's mad, isn't so it? The, you know, um, like what kind of principles do you kind of live by, and what would you like to see in the future for yourself in terms of your career, but also, you know, <laughs> be a podcast host. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do. Uh. Uh, look, I come back. To, I want to work. Yeah, do you want to doing work? what I love to do? Yeah. Honestly. Okay. I remember saying something. Someone saying to me, "Shut up! Don't be saying that." But I was like, I would work for minimum wage, doing what I love to do. But it meant I got to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely, I'm not in this for the money. I'm not in it for the fame. I'm in it for the pure love of art. Yeah. Do you know? But what would I like in the next couple of years? I'd love a bleeding lead role. <laughs> That's exactly, because she's getting close. She's getting close all the time. Yeah. Now, come here, there was rewind four or five. So you have to look back and assess as well, which I've been trying to do this week as as everything's kind of come to a little halt. Not a halt, but things are digesting with the book and stuff. Yeah. And I took a look back over the last four years and I was like, Jade. A lot of self-analysis. Wow. Like. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I was like, wow, you have come so far, girl. Well bloody done. Mm-hmm. Four years ago, all I wanted was a bleeding recall. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, yeah. that was all I wanted. Rewind two years before that, all I wanted was to get an audition. Mm-hmm. So she's starting to, to get roles. Just to be seen. Yeah, she's getting the recalls. And it's between me and somebody else for these for lead roles. So, I mean, there's progress. Yeah. I just haven't got what, what like a lead role yet because it hasn't meant to be yet. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, something hasn't fallen on my lap that's meant for me. I don't mean fall, I mean lap, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't mean no, it like that. No, there is an, an element to kind of luck and, and, and hard work kind of coming together and look at that worry yeah. and alchemy, you know, if it's right for you. If it's for you, it won't pass you, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, your granny would have said that a couple of times. Oh, Jesus, yeah. You yeah, know? absolutely, yeah. So I I guess I'd love something. I'd love to be working as well in Ireland yeah. and elsewhere. Yeah, of course. Do you know what I mean? So we'd like to be working in the UK too. Yeah. Um, Jesus, she's a lot, actually. A greedy bitch, aren't I? <laughs> no, um, not, I don't think it's. It, I don't no. think it's greed to want to, to be be good at what you're supposed to do. 
you know yeah I, you know isn't that the most satisfying thing in life to watch so and I don't even necessarily mean in the arts isn't it fascinating to watch a carpenter make a like make a spiral staircase Absolutely. isn't it fascinating to see a musician pick up a musical instrument and you know and and be incredible and move a room I mean that's what life is about isn't it Absolutely. So I don't think, um, I think that looking at something like that from a place of um, self, like we all do, self-sabotage or, or self-destruction is not a healthy thing. So I think it's it's good to see or feel that way and mark it and kind of go, no, but I deserve that. It's okay to deserve and, and go after something and get it and accomplish, and accomplish something and leave a mark. Yeah. A positive yeah. mark. There's so many years that you don't think you're deserving of these things. Right. Do you know we're all like that, aren't we? Yeah. Absolutely. God, I don't like the imposter syndrome going back to that. Like, lucky enough to be in rooms of late with really, really great people. And I remember doing a workshop there recently right. with the Abbey, actually. And I was in a room with really amazing people. <laughs> and I walked in, I was like, oh, fuck. Whoa, this is a big room. Yeah, what yeah. are you doing here, Jade? Voices in the head going, yeah. fuck your shit, your shit, get out. And I had to just go, no, here. You're here for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, you're here for a reason. And There's little... that Irish thing as well, isn't there? And do you suffer from this? And I know other <laughs> actors I've spoken to, it's like, you know, when we audition, we don't walk in and go, hey, how you doing? We walk in, we creep around the door. Is it okay if we, you know, that kind of, hi is, mm-hmm. and you know, that kind of apologetic um, um, demeanour. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm really lucky to be here. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm, I'm fluky or is this the right room? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that change? Does that change or should that change? Or is that, is that, is that what's appealing about being Irish in those situations to them? They go, Jesus, look, they're so charming, you know? Yeah. Because it's not put on in a lot of cases. It's like they feel, we all feel so genuinely lucky a lot of the time to be doing what we're doing. We do. Like somebody corrected me there a while ago because every room I'm in, yeah. Even with yourself today, I'm honoured to be in people. Like I'm honoured that people want to speak to me, or yeah. I, I, I genuinely honoured. And somebody said to me, "You shouldn't be saying that." And I says, "But, but I am." That's gratitude. That's not a bad thing. Do you know what I mean? Life, I'm so you know, yeah. so grateful for every fucking single opportunity that walks my way. Yeah. I'm really really grateful. But we do do that apologetic thing, <laughs> and I still do that going into rehearsal rooms. But I'm so much more myself now mm-hmm. than I've ever ever been. Do you know what I mean? And little did I know, going back to that that Abbey workshop recently mm. was these people that I've been watching on our screens and on our stage I looked up to as a kid are terrified too mm. yeah and they look up though, to right? us younger ones in the sense that you know it's mad it's mind blown because I'm like oh they're amazing they have no fear they don't you know everyone's mm. the same we're all petrified Doesn't and f- winging it as we go making it up as you go along totally but, but isn't it a, also a case or do, would you agree that you know, not that it it excuses bad behaviour, but, you know, by nature, by virtue of being a human being, when we're nervous, we say the wrong thing, we do the wrong thing, <laughs> we behave in a way maybe sometimes that we're not, I wouldn't say that we're not proud of and it, it shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't make allowances for really bad behaviour. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you know, that kind of empathy, sympathy for people who are not being the best version of themselves at times. We need more of that. In, not only in the arts but in life don't we in general of terms of course to, to you know what, as opposed to that person has been that way and I'm going to you know you have to always I'm try and single think. them out or, or I'm going to try and understand why they're behaving like that but I always try and bring it back to that now and I suppose that's uh, yeah again that goes back to working yourself and being self aware if somebody's reacted to you in a certain situation 
like years ago I'd go, well, hey, what the fuck's his problem? Mm. Or I'd go, Gee. but now I actually think, right, what's actually going on for him? I kind of see it. Somebody gave out to me a while ago for doing it and going, no, Jade, you're a really good person that you do that. And I said, no, but I am a good person. I'd like to see, try and understand where everyone's coming from. Mm-hmm. I try to. Like years ago, if somebody would have said something to me, I would have jumped back at them. But mm-hmm. now I go, right, mm, let that sit with me for a moment. Where's that you? person? Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let, let that sit with you. What's happened for that poor person today mm-hmm. or yesterday or this week? Mm-hmm. You know, now repeat offenders don't get a pass, you know, with that type of stuff, of but, course. But, Agreed, and that's knowing your value, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in professional circumstances, but also in, in the day to day, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so many questions. Um, I'll have you here all what, night, what, like, t- t- tell, tell people uh, the name of the book and where they can get it. It's is it available only in Easton's or is it online? No. It's mad. I just thought it was actually, but it's not. So, geez, every bookstore in Ireland, is basically, okay. yeah, which is which is mental. Yeah. Uh, local bookshops are better, in my opinion. Of course. Because we've all had a mad two years, and some of them are probably really struggling. Hashtag shop local. Hashtag shop local. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anywhere. Yeah, yeah it, it's really mad. I thought there was only like Bookstation originally, Easons and um. Debray, I thought there was only like three. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, there's more. So yeah. Are we expecting any more writing from you? Oh. Some films and stuff? <laughs> write your own stuff? <laughs> there's actually one question, this I, is the I, question I do want to ask you, and this is kind of a heavy one, maybe to kind of finish on. Um, what can the industry in this oh. country do for um, performers of different ethnicities? Because I've always found it as well at castings and stuff that the, uh, it's people I know or the industry is underrepresented in general terms. Like you often see, like even with some agencies that I've been with, you know, there's a mixed race person or an Indian person or a mm-hmm. black person on the books. And you're like, but they're not getting sent in for the leads. Now, I have noticed with some casting directors, it's much more open and much more yeah. of a broad palette to draw from. Mm-hmm. But what can the industry in this country do? To make it more inclusive for for, um, for those types of people, it's a funny one, isn't it? Um, I think our screens are getting better, absolutely. Um, the space there for everyone. Yeah. There just never was that space before. Um, because most mixed race and black actors I know from here liked mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Instead in London to, because to they were like, "There's no space." Yeah. They felt like there was no space for them here. But I mean, uh, there is more space. I think casting directors are, you know, uh, look, comes back to that. I've been really lucky with work the last year. Mm-hmm. And I had a moment there last year, imposter syndrome, where I was like, right, am I actually only getting cast now and busy now because I'm mixed race and we need to tick a box? Yeah. And my mum had to sit down and have a chat with me. And she said, no, you were on that path anyway. And it's just so happened you're busy now because it's your time. You're mm-hmm. ready. So I think it's important for mixed race and black people not to feel like that token at the moment. Does th- does that make sense? Am no, I making absolu- sense? No, absolutely. I, I just don't think that what a lot of the stuff that's been made is reflective of what we're seeing on the streets day to day. Well, yeah, hopefully. I, I mean, there's loads of questions about the book. So who knows? I might go back to writing soon. Mm-hmm. I'm knackered from it at the moment. <laughs> so <laughs> take, take it won't be for a while. Take a few weeks off. But you know my short film, The Colour Between. Yeah. Um, 
that's a topic right. that we should be speaking about. You know, so the next couple of months that'll be in some other festivals, I hope. Yeah. So that people can see it. But um, there's a lot of people writing. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of friends that are there's writing. There's a lot of empowered people right now, you know. Um, well, female, the... you know, different yeah. ethnic groups, everybody, everybody. And there's that, you know, there's always, you know, with something like a pandemic or... Jesus, yeah. I didn't live through anything like that. But there's always that, you know, the like if people don't understand the value of the arts now after the last... Because it kept everybody kept afloat. Kept everyone bleeding sane. Like everybody afloat. Whether that was radio, theatre online, Podcasts, film, podcast. Whatever, you know. We need it. Yeah. Online plays. And I love the way everybody's kind of shifting around to explore what the different artistic practices are and how they can become new things, you know. Mm -hmm. So seeing a lot of more plays or different versions of, of being able to interact with different media is fascinating to me and I love the way that's changing in a good way. It's exciting. Yeah, it's, look, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting time. Um, Great. And really good things are going to happen. Also for you, which you deserve. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. And... Um, I don't need to say good luck with the book because it's flying. Um, and thanks for coming in again. Thanks a million, star. You're very good. Am I? Yeah, <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> thanks a million.